Claire Kim Narita. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I have finished finals a couple days ago, and now I I have like nothing in my schedule. So like like I still have things to do, but not at any particular time. So I'm just chilling. Must be nice. <laughs> I still have like two more finals to do, and my professor is just. Just they're just like you know what we're not gonna communicate with you during this time. Oh no! But it's okay because at least we have Glee. Here we are. I'm Claire and I'm Emily and this is Emily and Claire. And this week we watched episode nine, which is special education. And in this episode, the new directions face. Fierce competition against the hipsters and warblers. Finn and Rachel and Emma and Carl experience relationship trouble. See, that almost was good, but instead of Emma and Carl, I would say more like Artie and Brittany or like, Yeah, honestly, do Emma and Carl, like thinking about what, what we saw of Finn and Rachel versus what we saw of Emma and Carl, how can they just put that in the synopsis like that? That's bold. Yeah, so in this episode, it starts off in the, like, teacher's lounge thing with Will being like, hey, Emma, you want to come to the sectionals with me? You're like, my lucky charm or something. He is so corny. I know. is not slick. It's kind of embarrassing for him, honestly. I think it's also really disgusting how he does that little, like, look at my coy little smile, ooh-woo, like, you know, you're kind of my lucky charm. You know? And then she's just like, okay, well, awesome. (laughs) Honestly, in that moment, her power, like, I assume we're diving right in because I'm about to dive right in. But in that moment, her power, like, he's like, sectionals. And she's like, oh, okay, really? Sectionals? Yeah, cool. You're going to do the ballad with Finn and Rachel. Then you're going to have a classic rock song. Then Mercedes is going to wail the last note. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, um, uh... He is, like, kind of stupid, especially, like, I don't know, does he need to be so shocked about it when she's like, this is what you do every year? And he's Mm -hmm. like, have you been going through my desk or something? I'm like, (laughs) Schuster, are you that stupid? I think it's so funny that she's like, well, I realized this, like, I re-realized this after the whole Rocky Horror debacle. I'm like, oh, you mean to tell me that from that Rocky Horror episode, who learned something? Who could find one positive thing in that entire thing? Emma Pillsbury? Oh, no. Come on, Will. He's just so stupid. I, I hate that people literally have to spell it out for him in order to, like, get him to understand things. Especially because, I don't know, it kind of just seems like he really takes this idea and rolls with it. Mm-hmm. But because he didn't have that uh, self-reflection that Emma did... He doesn't know how to get his kids in the mindset, like, this is a good thing. Mm -hmm. So instead, he just, like, yells at them. Like, the Mm -hmm. entire episode, he always yells at them. And I'm like, is this okay? This kind of seems so terrible, like, a terrible way to respond. I totally agree. Um, And then, for some reason, every five seconds, people are like, Mr. Shu, you're the best teacher at this school. I'm like, what has he done? Nothing. Um, Absolutely nothing. 
I know I'm jumping ahead of the gun, but like I'm thinking about the last few seconds of the episode where Santana's like, Mr. Shu, we heard about how Emma and Carl got married. Like, are you okay? And in my head, I was thinking, Mr. Shu is not the one who should you should ask if he's been doing okay. He's been literally trying to get in the way of their relationship. He is a homewrecker. Like, mm-hmm. nah, none of this. That's so true. No sympathy for Mr. Shu. But the way he responds, he's like, oh. Yes, like thank you so much for asking, but, but you know what? I I don't I don't want to talk about it right now. It's not about me. I'm like, it's just no one in this room. None of your students want to know about you just like moping over the guidance counselor. Gross, disgusting, and also everyone in that room loves Carl. <laughs> I know, John Stamos. How can you hate that guy? I know, right? Um, so when the episode kind of starts off. It gets very dramatic very quickly. In the Mm -hmm. choir room, when they're all getting angry, Santana's just like, oh, yeah, and Rachel, like, me and Finn hooked up. What about that? (laughs) Which, oh, my God. Santana's so funny in this episode. Like, she keeps having moments like that, being like, by the way, no one likes you. Like, oh, you know what? Actually, let me just stir the pot for a sec. Or, like... Um, when they're having that big argument in the green room and it just pans to her and she's just like, she doesn't even need to say anything. She's just gesturing like, yeah, uh, it's so funny. It's also crazy because in that argument, like, I don't even remember what prompted Rachel to say it, but she was like, ever since the wedding, you've been up my butt and I'm sick of it. And Santana's just like, me and Finn hooked up last year. (laughs) So crazy. Um, uh, when you said like, oh, it got so dramatic so fast, I'm like, yeah, it did. And also when I was watching this episode, I was like, you know what? This is a great premise for like a large arc across the season. Like, wait a second. Why is Rachel getting all the screen time? There's so many talented people and that's what Glee is all about. Sounds like a great multi-episode arc to me. No. They're like, let's only keep it in this episode. Let's make it so crazy, so fast. And this is the only episode in which we'll bring someone besides Rachel to have a solo, which, by the way, she still gets a solo. And then also we'll just snub Mercedes anyway. Yeah, I think that the writers like to toy with this idea like, ooh, what if Rachel wasn't? in the spotlight for like a hot set like i know crazy right but all of us watching at home we're like this is good like this yeah. is an improvement it's and like, they're oh, like thank god ah, that's over now let's go back to rachel i'm sure like in their minds they're like but you gotta admit rachel is the best it's undeniable i'm like what no that's fine she can take a back seat for five episodes i'll be happy about it yes I can't believe they really gave Santana one of the best solos in the entire show. And they were like, now back to Rachel. Because Rachel's the best. Gross. Um, I was going to also say that there's that one episode where Tina kind of has a breakdown. And she's like, why does Rachel think she's so special? Like, I don't get what's so special about Rachel. And then she is like, Rachel you know, mm. when everyone, like, switched costumes and stuff. Mm. And then the end of the episode is her being like, no, I get it now. 
Rachel has like so much pressure put upon her and it's actually so admirable how she handles the stress and just like delivers these show-stopping tunes every week. Like, <laughs> I love Rachel. And I was like, sis! Imagine Jenna Ushkowitz reading the script being like, uh, Rachel's so awesome. <laughs> They're like holding a gun to her head. <laughs> They're like, I say it! that that can exist somewhere in the show when in this episode... Will's like, Rachel, you're not going to get a solo. And she has to, like, come in with the tape over her mouth and be like, first of all, I'm like, oh, phew, finally. She has tape over her mouth. She immediately peels it off. And is like, I'm protesting. And I'm like, God, I hate you. Like, nobody's putting this pressure on you. Nobody's being like, like, nobody's looking at her. But she's like, everyone, look at me. This is me not having a solo. I'm like, okay. The thing that's so annoying about that scene is that even though she's so, so annoying in that moment, I think Will Schuster reacted so poorly that I was like, oh, fuck, like you're making me kind of want to side with Rachel a little bit, or not side with Rachel, but like in that exchange, I am not about to be like, yeah, shoo, take her down. Mm -hmm. Like the way that he just like, throws the paper down so Mm -hmm. violently and he's like i'm sick and tired of this like blah 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 and he's Mm -hmm. like getting in her face i'm like you can kind of say the same things but you don't have to be so violent about it i agree and it's like okay maybe some people in that room would explode at rachel who have been harboring this like i hate her inside them for so long but up until this point will was like very content to just let rachel do her thing so like if santana had been like okay or like quinn had been like all right like that's enough i would have been like yeah or like mercedes too i would have been like all right yeah that's kind of a lot but like makes sense but for will like i don't understand why he explodes and then like the actual words that he says he's like you know what you can just make the choice to be happy. I was like, mm, is that what's going on here? Like, she's like, in this moment, I'm choosing to not be... <laughs> I don't know, but, like, making the choice to be happy seems like if someone were like, I'm sad, and you were like, okay, just don't be. <laughs> no, heart. Like, yeah, you like, know? There's something about that phrasing that I was like, I don't know if that's the point either. I don't know about that one. Mm -hmm. Some of the things he said I thought were good, where he said, there's been a lot of talk of me, like, when am I going to get the next solo, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that's a good starter. But yeah, I totally agree. He should have phrased it in a way where it really, you know, I can't even put it into words because I guess I'm not sure how I would phrase it. Mm -hmm. But I, I just, when he reacts in that way part of me is like should you be a teacher because Mm. that's another thing that i was going to point out about why it made me so uncomfortable the way he got so angry the way that he's the teacher and she's the student he definitely has this power over her where he's the Mm -hmm. authority figure in that like dynamic the relationship so at the end of the day she kind of has to just like submit to him even though yeah i'm like that's gross um so if it were another student, then I would be like, it's justified for them to explode at her the mm-hmm. way that he did. But it's so unprofessional of him to do that as a teacher. Great point. 
I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, I'm all about power dynamics. Mm. (laughs) You saying like, oh, like, I don't know how I would have said it either. I also can't really think of the precise way that I want him to say it. But what I do know is that when he explodes, what he says makes it clear that he doesn't really get it. He doesn't get why he needs to, like, put Rachel on the back burner for a second, give, um, like, airtime to the other people in the Glee Club. Like, if you compare what he says to the Glee Club to what Emma says to him when she plants the idea, like, I feel like Emma gets it and Will does not. Mm -hmm. It's sort of what you said earlier about, like, Will didn't really learn the lesson. Or he says this one thing where um, he says we should be so thankful to have a a team that's, like, bursting with talent. Mm. And yet, I don't know, this is the only time he really chooses to feature anyone else other than Rachel and Finn. Mm -hmm. Because at regionals or at nationals, it goes back to the same tired old Finn and Rachel, Rachel solo, group number. Part of me is thinking that they did that because they tied and they didn't win. So the writers were trying to be like, see, like, they barely made it. That's wild because obviously the only reason they tie is so that the Warblers can stay in the show and be like, yeah, competition. Which is annoying because the plan at the end is to just have Kurt come back to William McKinley High School. And so... I don't know. In my mind, there never was this possibility that they would lose. Yeah. I feel like him being like, we should be so thankful that we have a team bursting with talent. It reminds me of like a bunch of different conflicts or like discourse, I guess, that I see like in classrooms, in the world, on Twitter, whatever, where people be like, oh my God, like, thank you so much. Or like, I'm so glad that like something, something. And they're like, don't thank me. Like, let me like... If he was like, thank you, Mercedes, for being on this team. You're so talented. If I were Mercedes, I'd be like, don't don't, don't say thank you to me. Give me a solo. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we got to show our appreciation for like something, something. It's like, okay, sure, appreciation's nice, but give me a solo, you know? It's just mm-hmm. like useless being like, and I'm just so glad to say that something, something. And it's like, that's not really doing anything in the world, you know? It's just useless. I think they even make it a point where um, it's like the first argument where he first is like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to shake things up. Finn's like, oh, you know, it's okay to do this like in practice to give everyone their shiny moment. But this is like game time. But the thing is, even in practice, they don't really let other people shine. Mm -hmm. Like every single week, we always talk about how there's an unnecessary Rachel solo and mm-hmm. it's like we're so happy when there's that rare occurrence where someone else gets a mm-hmm. song and i don't know like they say everyone's so talented and the proof is there like mercedes amazing santana amazing quinn amazing but mm-hmm. then how come every week even this week we had to listen to rachel sing some solo and like everyone else just nah nothing yeah i feel like that being like oh, well, it's fine during practice or whatever, but when it's when it's game time, like, obviously you got to put us back in. That's, like, the exact same sort of logic that underlies, like, systematic oppression, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's of course it's fine for people to be, like, queer. Of course. 
as long as it's not my kid, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> you know, like, same train of thought, I guess. Same logical process. Yeah, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about how Finn was the one who said it. And I think from the sports perspective, is it does make sense. A big pet peeve of mine is, uh, you know, Haikyuu? how it's like very popular volleyball anime so many people talk about how you know if Yamaguchi was given more time to play on the court he would have become a much better player and Mm -hmm. I'm like well no shit like that's that's literally sports like if you practice more and you put more time in you get better Mm -hmm. but the thing is is that like when you're playing a game, you can't really devote that time to improving yourself. Mm-hmm. I think it makes sense to want to put the star players in because the objective is to win, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like, so that I understand. But, mm-hmm. like, for show choir, I think that it doesn't hurt to sometimes shake it up a bit and feature different voices mm-hmm. because the thing is, is that, like, like, I don't know, Rachel isn't the one who's making them win, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, she's not necessarily the quarterback. And I think that the writers want us to think that mm-hmm. she's really that key player, the MVP, if you will. Mm-hmm. But in this episode, when we were watching um, the sectionals numbers, mm-hmm. I really was like, wow, this Valerie number is one of the best songs best performances in the entire show Mm -hmm. so i don't think that sports metaphor finn hudson really applies i okay i think that the sports metaphor like what you're saying that's such a great point and i feel like that would be a great way to support finn's argument and make someone like me confused where i'm like i know it's not right but why does it make sense when you explain it but i think that the metaphor is mismatched because in haiku for example right they're like um like Hinata he gets like one of the characters is like I want to be the ace like I want to be the ace I want to be the ace and they're like you literally can't like your capability like your ability your like literally like physical makeup like I don't think that you can be the star hitter who like hits these like super fast strong hits but you become super super key in another way because you need to be a decoy so that like we don't fall into a rut right so that we can keep our attacks unpredictable i feel like in glee their problem is like or the problem that emma presents is that they use the same formula over and over and over and over so their attacks have become predictable and that could prevent them from winning right So then the reason that they need to shake it up, it's not like they're taking the star quarterback out, right? But they're shaking up their lineup so that they don't fall into a rut of predictability. Yeah, and I think that can be applied to sports because literally in the show, that thing happens where the players are able to predict Kageyama and Hinata's quick attack. Mm -hmm. So they have to start implementing like Sugawara to like, you know... Mm-hmm. make them shake off of them right it, like I, I think it still applies but i do agree that like the way you explained it was better like the metaphor is a little bit mismatched but yeah. the way that you presented it is totally a convincing way to like be like no finn is not wrong you know? and that's so <laughs> confusing also the yeah. other thing i was gonna say is what makes 
like the glee club different from william mckinley high school's football team is that they spend like 80 percent of their lives being like we're all different we're all awesome i know you're not popular in school but here you're the star everyone all of you and if they're gonna keep saying that then freaking show it they can't be like you're all the star and then be like all right finn and rachel you know what to do that's like so ass you know it's just like that's, yeah, that's it, that makes it so different than football yeah that's honestly one of my biggest pet peeves about the show is that they truly have some of the most talented vocalists like on the show and they just they're like nope we're just not gonna use any of this talent um i just it makes me so angry especially because I think this episode, while I'm so thankful that they decided to, I don't know, mix it up, like, they still center around Rachel. Because yeah. uh, Quinn and Sam, they're one of the key players in sectionals, and yet the only time I ever hear them talk is right before they sing. And they're like, I'm nervous. But, mm-hmm. like, literally no screen time dedicated to showing them practice or anything. Mm-hmm. With Santana, her main uh, lines in this show are only there because it revolves around something going on with Rachel and Finn. Mm-hmm. What? <clears throat> I, I'm getting angry, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> yeah, I agree. The Sam and Quinn thing, like... That's such a compelling point in this whole thing. Like, that would be... If they want to convince us that, like, Rachel is the only one that's equipped to do this, why wouldn't they show us the other people struggling to get ready for it? Like, come on, writers, where are you? You know? And they they even give a little bit of it to Brittany because of the whole magic comb thing. And then, like, I guess she disappears to be rehearsing all the time and that makes this, like, weird conflict where Tina and Artie, like, convince each other that Mike and Brittany are, like, cheating. But, like... How come that all happens off screen? Them practicing like crazy. Like, it turns out they're not even cheating with each other at all. So what was all that time? Time that we could have been watching a character go through something real instead of standing in a corner and then talking about, like, a magic comb. Which, by the way, her standing in the corner saying, I'm so funny. Fear, so funny. <laughs> oh, I love the way that she just delivers lines because her face is always so blank and she talks like so quietly it's the same energy as that asian girl in pitch perfect yeah i hate my twin in the womb yeah yeah oh my god and the thing is is that like the main uh conflict of this episode the finn santana racial love triangle is so stupid it could be so easily so resolved with finn being like we weren't together you were with jesse that literally he says that and still rachel has to like make this thing so instead of something watching something that's actually compelling like conflict naturally arises from whatever like the writers are trying to give us in the beginning aka we want to see britney and mike or quinn and sam instead we're forced to like watch rachel create her own soap opera from nothing from peanuts nothing Honestly, part of me was like, is the reason why it's so annoying because it feels like Rachel is being stupid on purpose for there to be conflict? I don't know. I get that she's annoying and sometimes she's a little bit stupid, but can she really be so stupid as to think that this is an actual issue? Hmm? Mm. 
when they're in the green room, Quinn is super nervous, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, yeah, the last time I performed on stage, I went into labor. So I mm. think I'm having like PTSD flashbacks. And that is very compelling. That is true. Mm-hmm. The last time she performed, she then had to like go into labor and give birth. Like, why couldn't they focus a plot line around how Quinn feels like she's not like capable of doing this you know mm-hmm. get support from sam they get closer cute but instead we have to watch rachel pretend to struggle in the auditorium and then sing kurt's solo he's like i'm thinking of singing the solo and she's like watch me sing this other song why yeah. that's not a real struggle quinn's not a struggle would have been a very real struggle oh that seems uh, kind of funny though when she's like do you ever picture yourself like your own funeral and kurt's just like what, what? no yeah it's kind of funny speaking of rachel and kurt it is astounding how hard the writers force their friendship it is yeah. crazy like doesn't make any sense Every time Rachel's like, holy Kurt, <laughs> oh my god, we just, we're friends. And he's like, literally, why are you never this nice to me up until now? What the heck? And she's like, you're my only real number. <laughs> I'm like, this is so awful. Like, it makes me uncomfortable. But every time, like, Mercedes is like, hi, Kurt. Or like, yay, Kurt. I'm like, oh, so cute. I feel it in my heart. My heart feels warm. I just, it's so forced. And there's a very clear, natural relationship right there ready to be given all the screen time so we can feel warm in our souls yeah i i'm just remembering all the plot holes in glee and i feel like they do try to give mercedes some spotlight in season one where kurt is like she's the first person kurt comes out to and then later when quinn is like people just treat me different because i'm pregnant mercedes is like yes (laughs) discrimination and then mercedes is like do you want to come live in my house and then i they just never bring it up ever again yeah damn what the fuck and yet we're supposed to believe that you know kurt and rachel are the besties they just have this deep bond that no one else understands that's atrocious do you want to talk about Kurt at Dalton? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to remember how it started. Um, oh, it's so sad how he just like walks in and he's like, Warblers, if I may. And he proposes this entire thing and they're just like, haha, no, we have a council for that. Mm. But nice try. I think like... Honestly, I think it's a little audacious of him the way that he comes in, you know? But I I think the whole thing is a little too dramatized for my taste. I would like this plotline so, so, so much if it, like, sort of happened and then you couldn't really feel any commentary from, like, the creators on it, you know? Like, you can feel the creators putting in, like, oh, look, Kurt is so sad and out of his element now. So I'm kind of like, oh, okay, we get it. Yeah, like he is sad. He's out of his element. It's very compelling. It is. But it's a little too dramatized for me. But I really, really like it. I really like it. How he's like, 
this place is going to be utopia. Like, I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be listened to because people around here will get me. But then that the dark evil side of that is like, well, because everyone here is somewhat like me, we're all expected to be uniform and like go with the team and like something, something. And uh, I love it. Great conflict. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think that the Dalton stuff is fine. I don't really have strong opinions about it. <clears throat> the only strong opinions that I have are that one it's so funny how blaine is literally like their quarterback but then he's like kurt like you know it's for the team like (laughs) come on you'll get it next time as he's like hey soul sister (laughs) like so funny he's like Um, you should audition for a solo and then like right in front of him he's like you are the only one out of the three that did not make it sucks He's such an asshole. And the fact that he's, like, younger than Kurt, kind of hilarious. Yeah. Um, also, number two, I really like the vibes of the Warblers. Like, they just feel so unproblematic. And they're just like, look at us with our acapella sets, like, and no faculty advisor. Yippee. Mm. Fun times. I like the Warblers. Kind of sad that... Do they feel unproblematic? They, they kind of feel unproblematic. Scary. Like, he's like the council i'm like okay you're the kind of student who thinks that you're more than a student you know i guess they're student leaders and they're like guys you have to listen to me because something something this is me in my real life right and i'm like wait a second we're both just students at this school we're the same yeah i don't know i didn't maybe it's because i don't really interact with people like that so when he was just like oh, Kurt, actually song selection is up to the council and, like, you're welcome to, like, share your ideas when you sit behind this desk. I was like, that's cool. Thanks, dude. Mm. You know. That's it. Cool. I think Blaine has such, like, older energy and then later they're just like, oh, he's younger, by the way. This is, like, I should not say it like this but i'm going to but like in these episodes blaine has such top energy but then later his bottom energy like okay okay in these episodes blaine kind of has like top energy like kind of in the later episodes his bottom energy is like crazy it like jumps out of the screen it's like so so bottom i'm like oh my god but i like top blaine more (laughs) i like how he can communicate so much through just his like smiles and his mm-hmm. eyes i guess that's acting but you know it I was makes mesmerized. me think of um that scene from the glee uh what's it called grease, the grease episode the i know you're gonna say that <laughs> yes freaking oh, darren chris's acting great job great he job. literally just like looks at kurt and you know that he's looking at kurt mm-hmm. and he's shaken but then he has to play it off and i'm like did you, you know, know to was, do that? I was thinking about it during the Warblers performance in this episode because Kurt is supposed to look at Rachel and she's like, smile, smile. But I was like, wait, can he see her? Mm-hmm. I literally thought that and I was like, could never be Darren Chris. Darren Chris is just so good at acting. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, when Kurt is singing his Evita solo and <laughs> they're just like staring at each other and Darren Chris will like, I don't know he just like smiles at him i i was starstruck his so... eyes are so dreamy yeah seriously he's so dreamy i really like how in these episodes he like doesn't say much and so you're kind of like wait like 
low key though like what does that mean like i don't, like, I is don't he really into know him? what it is which yeah. like, makes me feel so bad to think about future blaine who's like no the kurt yeah. i'm like wait what happened to this like man who doesn't need to say everything you know suddenly he's like whining about every single thing oh it's like they're so close i'm like they're obviously blaine likes him you know he's so mm-hmm. flirty but then like you never know what he's thinking mm-hmm. so good i have, I have to... to say oh okay yeah oh it is so funny when kurt starts raising up his hands and blaine is like no no <laughs> <Don't do that." laughs> he like covers his hand and puts so it down funny. Oh, so funny and the second thing so small um, when they're on stage, first of all, Kurt is, like, way up in the front. Doesn't seem realistic, but okay. I get it. But he's so bad at dancing compared to everyone else on that stage. It's, like, a little embarrassing. He kind of, like, sticks out like a sore thumb. I couldn't help but notice him be offbeat <laughs> when he's, like, doing his jumps and snaps. I was like, Kurt, stop. Yeah. Oh, great that you brought up their performance because can we just talk about how extra Darren Chris was singing that uh, song by Train, literally the part where he's like, so gangster, I'm so thug. I was like, you don't have to make those gestures. You don't have to make that face. (laughs) But I do like the way he like, I don't even know how to describe it, but whenever Darren Chris sings, he kind of like, he makes his body like small to emphasize how much energy he's putting in like his face will like scrunch up and he'll like bend his knees and push his hands out like that and i'm like yes the classic blaine move yeah. or darren chris i guess they're like the same that's so funny it's funny to be making a podcast where you can't just like act it out and like you have to describe it you're like he I makes know. his body small <laughs> I wish I could, like, demonstrate it, but it's it's so specific, you know? Mm. If you watch Glee, you'll know. Or same with uh, Quinn. Whenever she sings, she kind of, oh, like, true. places she her looks... hands like this, and she's yeah, always she like that. forward from the hips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So true. Um, anyways, do you want to talk about sectionals? Yes. The performances. Uh, do you want to talk about that? Okay, so obviously we know Harry and Heather pop off during Valerie. It's an insane, insane number. I don't even know what. It's crazy, but they look so good doing it. That's so obvious. But there's a part before their dancing starts where they're all just kind of like walking. And everyone's like walking, but Heather, she doesn't walk, okay? She dances and this is not the first time i think i've said this on this podcast but like how does she move her body like that it's crazy like she's walking but it looks so good i can't it's even powerful. imagine how you would get your body to do that <laughs> i think it's so funny how i'm seeing you like do her like what <laughs> but to the listener you're just talking about it yeah also um, like if the listener could see it they would be like that's not what heather morris is doing because i don't know how she does it it's crazy to me how literally seconds before they perform she's like Hardy, i'm so nervous like i can't let you down <laughs> and then she just goes on that stage and she just just does that yeah it's crazy already being like the way you move it's magic I'm like, yeah, me. Me looking at Heather Morris. Like, how Claire, does she just every make walking look so good? It's unbelievable. 
or like the um not even the valerie dance but before that when they're singing that song from dirty dancing it's so embarrassing because uh will schuster's like oh yeah the other choirs are just like standing choirs they don't dance so we really need to dance but they show nobody (laughs) dancing or like they show dancing shots but it's always heather or it's like harry um the way that she moves is just like unlike anyone else it's crazy so true just like head above um wait that's so funny that he's like new directions we can do what they can't we can dance i'm like stop lying Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's a fucking lie and then everyone in the warblers has to like quell their dancing abilities be like no we only know how to step and snap you know (laughs) but like they obviously all know how to like move their bodies but new directions like sometimes when they're dancing i'm like this is embarrassing it's very embarrassing i still can't believe that later on they're supposed to like win against uh vocal adrenaline adrenaline. it's so embarrassing (laughs) to think they stood like uh last season when they're like we're gonna win with journey and then jesse st james does that with bohemian rhapsody like (laughs) never but all right okay okay i don't know if this is an, an unpopular opinion but they did Sam and Quinn so dirty oh, with that song. Absolutely. What, Sam? <laughs> He's like, well, I... <laughs> he sounds so weird. He sounds so weird. It's, it's really weird. He's like, half the time of my life. <laughs> like, why I does don't he think it's like Cord. I oh, don't really? think it's him. I, I think, think they, like, something told else him? made him sound really fucking weird. Oh, interesting. No, interesting. I don't know. I just said that because I want it to be true. It <laughs> might be Cord. Who knows? Like, why does he have to make his vowels like that? <laughs> I don't get it. Just, oh, my God. The pronunciation um, and also just the tone in general is so strange. He sounds like a vacuum. I don't know. And, like, Quinn kind of sounded bad where she's like never felt this way before i'm like no diana <sighs> shocking also the adot the the audacity to perform that song and not do the lift like i know seriously hello they're like okay valerie harry and heather y'all can do all this go up go down go all around do whatever you want but not this one i I just don't know what was going through Will Schuster's brain in that moment where he's like, we have to dance. And then they just don't do any of the moves from Dirty Dancing. Dude, wouldn't it be so funny if they were singing that song and they were like, oh, it all to you. Dirty bit. They start doing the Black Eyed Peas version. (laughs) I feel like that's something they would pull in like season four of Glee when they were all about like mashups being hip gangnam style oh no uh disgusting yeah but the numbers are great i i enjoyed them immensely yeah santana really popped off with valerie and the dancing i get so entertained every single time i watch it although at that point i was like okay this is random like santana got a number really why didn't mercedes get a number she literally spent the whole episode vocalizing like please i i want a solo if anyone wants to give me a solo i'm right here also i'm right here so please give me a solo if everyone else is like "Hmm, did you hear something yeah and then santana gets like a whole solo which of course i'm happy about but like that's random 
never once was Santana like, I want a solo. She was a little busy this episode. Being like, <laughs> she was stirring boyfriend. the pot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, again, so random. But also, I'm like, not, not happy, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to point out was that it's like, I don't know if it was the actress who decided this or who made this decision, but why do all the girls have like bare shoulders except for Zeiss? Like she has a little mm. black sweater thing. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Interesting observation. Especially because we know Tina makes all the costumes. So is Tina <sighs> like, I'm doing this for your own good. No! <laughs> I was going to say, I cannot begin to answer that question because I do not know, and let's leave it at that. Yes, but that was just an observation I made. <laughs> yeah, that's a great observation. Um, I also want to talk about what happens at sectionals in the green room. Like, we kind of already talked about how Will handled the thing in the choir, like the speech or whatever in the choir room poorly but i want to talk more about the green room one because i think it was also a stupid speech basically for the same reasons but i just don't want to leave it out i like don't even remember what he says they all just kind of melt into one in my brain he was like everyone enough remember this time last year where were you you had no chance of winning now i just need you to get on stage and work together i don't care if you hate each other I'm like, you don't care if they hate each other. I was like, wait, what? Is that the lesson you're trying to teach them right now? Like, he's like, what about, like, literally we've been in a crisis in this room before, but last year, like, you were screwed. And, like, I guess he does say this, but, like, you made it through because you worked together. Like, how can one year have changed so much? Like, now you're ripping each other apart. And instead of, like, I don't care if you hate each other, just go out there and smile. I thought he... Especially with the, you know, mission statement of New Directions. I thought he could say something more like, Glee will bring you together. So go up there and perform together and work hard. You've done it once before. Hehehe, <laughs> don't fight. Yeah. He truly don't is fight. so useless in that moment. Like, did what he say make things better? I don't know. Can you believe he says that, forces them to go on stage, then they get back to school and he's like, oh, I'm a married Carl. I'm like, wait, there was a huge thing that happened. He's like, you know what? It was so hard these last couple of weeks, but it are fine now. So let's sing dog days. Yeah, that's the thing. When I just really don't understand why they had to make them tie. Like, I understand it. But then I don't understand. Yeah, it's pretty stupid. Wouldn't it have been better for the plotline of this one episode where they win so then Will can be like, see? Like, we won. Yeah, but then the Warblers are out of commission and then what? I know, that's why I think they shouldn't have introduced the Warblers until regionals. Yeah, it was too early for sure. It was too early and it kind of like undermined the whole message of the episode because then we're like, wait... They tied, like, oh no, was Rachel right? Mm. Oh, yeah. The rest of the episode is, like, pretty good, right? I really liked Dog Days. Oh my god, the way Tina's voice sounds, Mm -hmm. great. Yeah, they sounded great. Mm -hmm. 
I hate, though, how right before dog days, Will is like, and now we're past it all. So back to what we're used to, Rachel, go ahead. And she, first of all, gross. And then Rachel goes, you know what? I want to give it to this week's unsung heroes, Tina and Mercedes. And I'm like, what, you think you're a great, awesome person for that? That's just called being normal, okay? Like, I'm not going to praise you. I'm not going to be like, wow, you're so nice and awesome. I'm like, oh, you want a medal for being a person? Yeah, seriously. And Mercedes is like, okay, yeah, finally. All right, let's go sing it. Oh, I just remembered before that when Finn and Rachel have their, like, argument. That's the the big thing we have left to talk about. No! It's very rare that I think Finn is very right. Yeah. (laughs) It's so rare. But it happens in this episode. The fact that we have to sit here and, like, side with Finn Hudson. Oh, my God. Gross. But he did drop some facts. Like, okay, first of all, I don't really understand how Rachel came to the conclusion that, yes, to get back at my boyfriend, who I am in love with, I'm going to cheat on him with the same guy who ended his last relationship. Awesome. And the whole episode, everyone is trying to make it clear to Rachel, the only reason you're mad and jealous is because it's Santana. Like, it's very obviously a problem that she should be working through with herself, but instead she keeps, like, I don't know, like, dragging Finn around. She, like, makes him go to counseling with Miss Pillsbury and stuff. And obviously, first of all, Miss Pillsbury is not qualified to be handling that. Like, she's just kind of saying things and, like, giving Finn weird looks and stuff. And she's kind of like, I don't even know what I'm doing. (laughs) And Rachel's like, as a therapist, she's like, dude, I'm not a therapist. Anyway, that was a little bit of a tangent. But basically, Rachel spends the whole episode getting told, like, I think that your reaction is disproportionate. I realize it's upsetting, but it seems like it has a lot more to do with it being Santana than like the action itself. Maybe also being lied to, okay? That's obviously a big thing, but there's something disproportionate about your reaction. It comes from Finn so many times. But she doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. She really doesn't understand it. And like, it's not just Finn who says it to her. Like, so many people are like, or, okay, not just that, because thinking back, I'm like, maybe that's not even true. Maybe I just made that up. Yeah, um, I know. I was also trying to remember. Um, but I feel like in everyone else's eyes, they're like, okay, Rachel, like, it's not even that big of a deal. I guess the only way you could possibly make it a big deal is that oh, well, he technically lied to her and said that they were both virgins. Mm -hmm. And, like, that is something to get upset about. I would get upset if that Mm -hmm. happened to me. But obviously the thing that she's hanging on to is, like, why her? Why her? Mm -hmm. And it's like, sis, I don't know, because, like, she was there, you know? It's Mm -hmm. not something that Finn did deliberately to hurt her, but she's Mm -hmm. acting as if it was. Because in her mind, she's like, Finn and I were destined to be together from the start, and, like, I can't believe he would veer off course like that and make a mistake, which... Like, we have to be each other's first is so, like, controlling and manipulative, like, to a degree that it's not okay. Yeah, and... I don't know. I think that Finn hooking up with Santana is, like, it's not something that he's proud of. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, 
especially after the scene he's like i thought it would make me feel different but i like feel the same Mm -hmm. and then when santana at the wedding is like if you told everyone we would be on top of the pyramid again he's like no like i love rachel i don't want to hurt her Mm -hmm. so the fact that she's like twisting it into something that it's not is like so frustrating Mm -hmm. if only she would just talk to him have a normal conversation instead of flying off the handle like that I hope you're happy. <laughs> I hope you're happy now. Yeah. And, like, how many times do people need to say, Finn and Rachel were not together in that moment. So it yeah. literally has nothing to do with her. And the way that Rachel decides to get back at him, first of all, toxic. Um, she's like, let me just go cheat on him real quick. And then, like like you said, it's compounded by the fact that it's literally the person who Quinn cheated on him with. And then, like, this whole thing where, like, he thought he was the father of a baby and he wasn't. Like, that's so much. And the fact of the matter is that she wasn't the one who stopped it. Puck was like, I can't do this to Finn again. I'm gonna dip. Like, sis. Yeah. Oh, my God. Puck is going through a weird thing this episode. He's going through a weird thing. He, like... Got a he little got bullied. <laughs> locked in a porta potty for 24 hours. It's a really long time. Zeisys pulled him out, which, by the way, Zeisys is an icon. Every time she comes in, I get so much enjoyment <laughs> out of her role in the show. The way Puck was like, Are you an angel? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like so disgusting. Yeah, like grimy. <laughs> it's so funny. Um,. I don't know i really liked puck this episode i think that it's great how they have him as this guy who's like fallen for zeises and he kind of is like what the okay um and it's kind of like nice how he tried to cheer rachel up and it's also nice that he realized what he was doing was wrong and he was the one to step away from that yeah i mean all that is true i agree with all that being like net positive things but in the end i think he's fine that's again like him just kind of being a person he's like oh i shouldn't cheat on my or i shouldn't help my my best friend's girlfriend cheat with me all right i'm gonna leave i'm not gonna be like oh great job i'm like that's just called being a person yeah i i'm like at least we have that you know Mm. like there's not two idiots but only rachel the fact that Rachel has sunken lower than Puck. I know, so terrible. Um, but in their conversation, I kind of like the way that Finn like laid out all the points. He was like Totally. Um, you knew I would be sensitive about this because of what happened with Quinn. Like, fuck you, bye. We're not yeah. a couple anymore. And she's like, You said you would never break up with me. And he was like, Well, I never thought you would make me feel like this. Bye. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I think Finn just was an absolute champ in that conversation. It's kind of disgusting how she was like, well, remember how you promised me this? And he was like, bro, She's but like you did this. Yeah. She's stupid. The way that literally everything Rachel does is just like, manip- like classic, just classic examples of like manipulation like just being way too controlling, like the exact sort of thing that like if you hear about like I don't know, in the news or, like, in real life. Like, if I heard about my friend saying something like this, I would be like, bro, that is worrying. You should really be careful with that. It's just... 
I would be like, never break up with me. I would be like, no, I'm not going to promise that. Are you crazy? The fact that I can't even believe right before that conversation, they were like, I love you. Like, oh, no. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of glad that they broke up, but I'm cursed with the knowledge that they get back together, like, within the season. Yeah. Anyway, I think Dog Days was great. Although, I, I heard that that was, like, in the concert, you know, the Glee the 3D movie, but then they cut it. Like, from the and that was Jenna's only like big solo moment. What the frick? She, Jenna. And they didn't even like tell her, so she like told all her family like I have a solo, and then it was just cut. Oh, like she did it in the concert, but they edited it, edited it out of the movie. Yeah, and then <gasps> I guess they gave them like some bullshit excuse where they were like oh, you guys, like, looked really tired in that number, no. so, like, we took it out. Oh, my God, that's awful. Yeah, and there's, like, this whole thing where apparently, like, they forgot to put her on the movie poster. <gasps> I, yeah, I heard this in their showman's podcast. I forgot what episode, but I was like, what the fuck? I just got the chills, but not in a good way, obviously. A shudder. Oh my god. Isn't that just like too blatant? Like, it's just like, what are they even going to say to explain that away? What the? Yeah, the fact that like Amber, Kevin, and Jenna were like carrying the show on their backs and Uh they just. They got treated so dirty. My god. But, anyways. I think Dog Days was a great number. I thought it was so funny how everyone was just, like, dancing so, like, crazy. That's so cute. Sam, <laughs> when he was dancing, I was like, oh, oh he was no. being like Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> uh, new Direction's got to do what the other people can't. Dance. And I liked the clapping. <laughs> that was cute. Mm. All right, shall we wrap up? Yeah, so best song, worst song. Hit me with your best shot. Go. Obviously, I'm tempted to say Valerie is the best song, and I think objectively it's the best, but I totally knew about it, and, like, you know, I was like, oh, of course. Like, yeah, I had these high expectations that I knew were there, and, of course, it met them. But Dog Days, I did not know that was coming, and it was so enjoyable. So I'm going to go with Dog Days. Um, I like Valerie. I think Valerie's the best song. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Worst song. Oh, Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. Come on. Yeah. It was, was so bad. It was, was embarrassing. Rachel was crying for no reason. Kurt, it was just, like, really awkward. I just, mm-mm. If I was sitting there in that room, I'd be like, wow, that, that was good, Kurt, but very weird song choice. The songs that he knows... Like, the songs that we've heard the Warblers sing so far are Teenage Dream and Hey Soul Sister. Like, top 40s. So why would Kurt go in and sing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina? Yeah, like, I think the most iconic Warblers number is probably, like, Razor Glass, which Mm -hmm. I think is in regionals. And just imagining Kurt singing Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. (laughs) And then Darren Chris right after is like, right, right, turn off the lights. Like, 
she's like, don't try so hard next time. I'm like, yeah, that seems like the appropriate advice. What do you think about MVP for this episode? I think Emma just coming out swinging at the beginning. Come on, that's too good. Yeah, except she's like not really in this episode that much. I know, it's kind of rude of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think MVP for this episode, like I'm trying to think about people who actually had stuff to do that weren't Rachel and Finn. Um, like I just know that if those storylines that we think should have been fleshed out were fleshed out it definitely would have been one of them but I'm not given enough to be like yeah this person was really on it this episode I will say Finn was great I know I was thinking that too (laughs) he sucked at the beginning I'm gonna say (laughs) what if I said puck (laughs) no just kidding just kidding I would get annoyed I'll say Brittany because she kind of had a storyline this episode, and mm-hmm. she truly, like, I think Valerie was, like, good, but the Brittany and Mike dance, like, come on. Come on. I would have given it to them right then and there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to say Brittany. All right. Yeah. And then next week, the episode, um, I know it's the Christmas episode, but I forgot what the title is. Oh, wow, A Very Glee Christmas. Wow, we keep hitting these seasonal things right on the money. I know, isn't that I guess because we're watching one episode a week, so if one is timed right, then they'll all be timed right. Well, it's also because we, like, took that huge break, so that's that probably so why true. we got to watch this Christmas episode. But yeah, we're watching A Very Glee Christmas next week. I'm actually kind of excited because then we can talk about how Sue's Grinch is so much better than Matthew, Matthew Morrison's, Morrison's Grinch. Oh my god, I was cursed. I'm pretty sure um, Blaine and Kurt sing Baby It's Cold Outside, right? Great number, yeah. Awesome. Horrid, horrid lyrics, but great song. Actually, we can talk about that more next week, but I found something out that might change your opinion on those lyrics. All right, sounds good. That's all from Emily. And Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Signing off. Bye-bye. Bye.